Hey everybody, welcome to episode 8 of Two Views Movies Podcast. Welcome back to Two Views Movies Podcast. I'm Garrett. And I'm Carson. And this is a podcast by two guys who love watching movies almost as much as they love arguing about them. And today's episode is all about Annihilation. For those of you that don't know Annihilation, uh, the little blurb about it is that it's about a biologist who signs up for a dangerous secret expedition into a mysterious zone where the laws of nature don't apply. I thought that was very, very vague and generic, so I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on that plot. (laughs) Please do. So... Here's what I wrote down. Something from space crashes into a lighthouse in the southern portion of America. It starts expanding. Weird stuff is going on, including to Natalie Portman's husband, and she goes in to try and solve it. That's a little bit better. That's a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like I checked IMDb and Letterboxd, and they were both very vague with their description, and I figured we should add a little bit to it. And as usual, spoilers galore in all of our podcasts, so if you haven't seen Annihilation, you should probably stop now. Yeah. Um, It was directed by... Alex Garland, who the only other movie he's done in terms of directing is Ex Machina. So if you liked Ex Machina, you probably were pretty excited for this. If you didn't like Ex Machina, I, I don't know why you would even see this movie if you didn't like Ex Machina. Well, both of us enjoy that movie. Yes. And uh, both of us enjoy Natalie Portman. Yes, entirely. So those are two, two wins going into the movie. Right. So then heading into the cast, you do have Natalie Portman. You have Jennifer Jason Lee, Tessa Thompson. There's a few other girls. I think Gina Rodriguez is one. And then you have Oscar Isaac. It's actually a pretty pretty small cast. There's a few people here and there that make appearances, but that's the main cast. So going into this, I had heard just through the grapevine kind of and reading it online that it was going to be divisive. That there were things about it that people would like, and there were some things about it that people would question, and how you viewed those questionable things would kind of really dictate how much you liked the movie. And as soon as I left the theater, I thought, this is a movie Garrett's going to love. <laughs> and it just had that feel of like, the other ones like this, that yeah. uh, that you put in your, your top 10 of all time type thing. Yeah, there there are some similarities to it. There's kind of a lot to cover in this movie. I don't know. I guess let's just start with The Shimmer. Okay. As I described in the outline earlier, something crashes into Earth and it forms a shimmer, which basically looks like a giant big dome, a big dome. But it's like a bubble. It's got that like colorish rainbow quality to it, which is why they call it the shimmer. It's ever expanding, potentially consume the Earth. Right. And they've been studying it for a couple of years. They've been sending people in and out of it. No, only into it. Well, except for Oscar Isaac, who came out of it. Yes. Yeah. So, yes, teams have been going in. Nobody's been coming out. Natalie Portman's husband is Oscar Isaac. He went in, had gone missing for a year, and then he eventually showed back up and was acting all weird and stuff was wrong with him. And he ends up in the hospital. And then they, Natalie Portman decides that she wants to go help try and figure out what it is, what caused this to her husband. Right. Let's talk about the shimmer in more detail. As you, as they go into it, they kind of figure out there's some well, weird. Let's back up just okay. a second. Of going into the shimmer, the whole mission. Of the shimmer, of why they send people into it, is to get to the center of this thing. Right. To, to figure out what it is. Right. The epicenter is a lighthouse. Right. But I don't feel like that's what the military and or government and or scientists would do in this situation. And so that's what I was having a, a struggle with. I would think that they would step in and then record and then immediately step out. Right. You know, to know that they can get out. And that's not what they did at all. Yeah, they just you kept know, plunging people they, they, into They it. just said, oh, let's just throw people into it. We're trying to find the middle for some reason. Right. And and that just, the whole scientific method 
was thrown out the window for this. Yeah. And and so I was, was like, why are we trying to, why do we even think that there's something at the center of this that can stop it? Or I kind of took that at face value as maybe some of those early expeditions into it did just that. They kind of eased their way into it. Like they didn't all just but they never came towards back. the middle. Well, right. But at some point they've got to, they're going to keep going, right? I mean. Why wouldn't you observe a report and come back out? Just like when we land on Mars, we touch, touch down. Okay, sure. We got here, we grabbed a couple rocks and, and left. Yeah. I, I kind of just talked that up to, they've been trying to figure this thing out for two years. They probably did some level of that, but they didn't experience the weirder stuff until they got further and further in it. Cause they even kind of allude to that, right? They, they noticed that the mutations that are happening. So we're kind of jumping ahead to what the shimmer is, but things started getting weirder and weirder as they went further and further in. And they somehow knew that. It didn't make sense because they were saying they never got anything back from the middle. And Oscar Isaac, who is the only one that came back, wasn't providing much information at all because right. he was weird and didn't remember any of it. He was like catatonic it. or something. Yeah, and didn't remember any of it and couldn't really report. Yeah. And so, again, the whole expedition itself, I, I couldn't get past, past that of, oh, why don't we just send in, report, come back out, then, okay, now we need to know, we yeah. need to go deeper. Yeah, I can see that. I just, it didn't bother me any. I chalk it up to... <laughs> They say, we've done two years of expeditions. I assume some of that was like, oh, toe in, toe out, you know, like hokey pokey stuff. Here's my hand in, here's my hand out. I did think, though, that one of the things I thought was interesting is, so one, to your point, when Natalie Portman's group first goes in, they show them going in, and then all of a sudden they wake up from camp, and they're all disoriented. They don't know how long they've been there, what's been going on, and they're checking all their equipment and stuff. And I kind of had a similar thought to you. I was like, why aren't we using pencil and paper? Write down what you did. The first time you wake up and you don't know what happens, right? get rid of all your technical stuff, just pen and paper, right? So that you know that it's there. And, and we kind of get to an equivalent of that later on when they get to that base and they see that somebody from Oscar Isaac's team has recorded on video yeah, what, what they were doing. So they kind of address that later on. Oh, and mine was, you woke up and you don't remember anything, how long you've been here is, okay, let's step back out. You know, <laughs> right. like, yeah. no, let's keep going inward. It's like, if we can get out, let's make sure that we know how to get out and right. then we can, we can come back. But yeah. if all of a sudden the first thing that you, you lose time you yeah. know, and everybody loses time, right. you know, that, that's weird. So speaking of time, I don't know if you caught this or not. The movie kind of starts and Natalie Portman's being interviewed by scientists and she's alone. And so you're already left Knowing to the imagination survives. that she survives and practically nobody else does. I mean, there's some question that, of what actually happens to them. But anyways, one of the things they mentioned to her was that she was gone for longer than what she thought she was gone for. They didn't have enough rations to cover the amount of time that they, that team had possibly been gone. Right. I don't recall them ever addressing in the movie that concept of why time, what time slippage there was, why that happened. As they get further to the shimmer, things get weirder and mutations are happening and things are occurring, but they're not, they never say, well, there's some time dilation going on here. Nobody ever really, it's mentioned in that interview and it just dropped. Did you well, catch anything? Or well, did Oscar Isaac said the same thing. He, uh, did, okay. he didn't feel like he was gone for that long, but why would he even say that knowing what we know about him later? Right. But he did address it of, do you know yeah. how long you were gone? Is it, no, I didn't. Right. It didn't feel okay. like a year. So but, it wasn't but, just me. I didn't miss something. They're, they no, didn't address that. They they didn't address w the why of okay. it. And so my mind already kind of assumed that because when I saw the, the trailer of this, I thought it was the same concept that they did in uh, X-Men comic books Okay, to where they have this world that is just evolving so much faster. So 
one day is like, is like a year there. And so everything just evolved and it just keeps moving faster there. Mm-hmm. And so just this world that, that it keeps going inside this bubble. And so that, that was kind of my mind of where I thought this movie was going, mm-hmm. going into it. So when they mentioned the time slippage, I assumed that something like that was happening already yeah. and didn't really look for an answer on that. Yeah, it's not really like that. But I was kind of hoping for something like that, especially once they talked about the time slippage. But to kind of just drop that and leave it on the floor was like, yeah. And when they started talking about the mutations of the plants and the animals and everything, I thought that's where they were going yeah. with it. Is they've been in here a really long time in their world, but right. not in the real world. Yeah. So we've, we've kind of danced around a little bit, but it ends up being that the team that Natalie Portman's on figures out that the Shimmer is manipulating DNA cells at the cellular level. It's the Shimmer, basically, for lack of a better word, infects cells. The way it's described is there's like refraction going on. So when light comes in and it's refracted through like a prism, it scatters and mixes. And that's why you get rainbow colors and everything. And the shimmer is doing that to cells. It's doing it to DNA. So plant DNA is crossing with human DNA, which is crossing with other people's DNA. Like it's just this big mishmash of anything that has a cell on earth is being crisscrossed. So you see plants that are growing in the shapes of humans because their cell, the DNA has mixed. So the plants are still plants, but they're forming into the shape of a human. You see weird things happening to humans. You see animals that are hybrid animals. Weird things are going on. It takes them a little while to figure that out. And it's kind of done in like this, I don't know. I always kind of hate it when somebody's like, aha, I've kind of figured out what's going on. It's the refraction. This is what's happening. And for this movie, I kind of didn't like that. It didn't bother me too much, but I'm okay with the concept of of that because I guess that piece of it wasn't that big of a deal to me. The, the the story of how they were getting there and where they were going and what the eventual cause and how this thing came to be is what I was more interested in than like what are the impacts of it. Yeah, and I think the the journey that they were on was more exciting to me than when they got there. And after reading you know reviews and comments uh, about this movie afterwards, everybody seemed to love the end more than the journey to get there. Uh, which I'm I'm completely flip flopped on that. Yeah, and so I, I was I was engaged with this. You know, I like Natalie Portman, Tessa Thompson. You know, I'm, I'm really enjoying everything that she's been been mm-hmm. throwing out there with Thor and Creed, and and so I really really enjoy her. And I love, as I mentioned earlier, I love Natalie Portman and have since The Professional. <laughs> yeah, way back in the day, and so she can do no wrong. So that they had me going throughout the whole movie of what is this, what's going on, and then we get to the the end of the movie. The third act, and I just thought it all fell apart, in my opinion. Yeah. That's where it lost me. Right. So the third act, it takes like a hard right turn. It goes from being a still fairly digestible but brainy um, sci-fi horror movie. It it does a lot of the things you see in sci-fi horror movies. I say horror, but it's probably like suspense, but a little bit of both. Well, they have a a giant crocodile attack, and they have a giant bear, a deformed, mutated bear and crocodile. Right. That can, which is really creepy that it. It absorbs the DNA of somebody that it killed. Yeah. And so when it roars, it screams. Right. Like her scream, which is really creepy. That was creepy. It was a good touch. It was a good touch. When Natalie Portman leaves, I guess, the last person of her, one of the last people of her team behind, and she starts going for the lighthouse herself, that's when things start to, is that hard right turn to the third act. And it goes from, like I said, like a brainy, heady, but still digestible sci-fi movie into kind of like an art house feel like it gets really abstract at that point in time and tries to give an answer to the question of what is the shimmer and again depending on what you think of that answer 
is really going to influence your opinion of the movie. If that if you really like that third act and what it does, you're going to love the movie, I think. If you are iffy about it, I think you're going to feel iffy about the movie because when you have this and you're you're kind of building this journey up and this is this big question of what is the shimmer and why is it here and is it alive and what's it doing and how did Oscar Isaac end up the way he is? You're building up all these questions. I always compare things like that to Lost. You're just driving towards some big main question and however you feel about that final answer is going to be how you feel about the movie. And so I'm kind of with you in the sense that I was okay with the ending, but it didn't it didn't pack a powerful punch for me. It I got everything I think that they were saying about the ending, but it just didn't do a lot for me. So it ends up being that the shimmer is it's alien for sure. Now whether it's well, we know that because in the beginning there's an asteroid that lands on Earth and we talked about that. Now whether it's sentient or an alien like we tend to think of aliens in terms of another life form. Uh, they try to, I think one of the guys says maybe yes in the end, the scientist, but I, I don't really feel like it was. I felt like it was something that came from outer space and it's an organism and it manipulates, it would almost be like if something radioactive fell from space and landed and started infecting humans with whatever bacteria and other stuff it had on it. I feel like that's more what it was as opposed to being something intelligent. So the end, she climbs in there and she sees a video of what happened to Oscar, mm-hmm. uh, her husband. And essentially there was this creature that mirrored him, that, that copied his DNA. The way I took that was that because this thing meshes with DNA and creates cells and does all this thing, it basically replicated some form of Oscar. It got his DNA somehow and was able to build itself up in a, in a copy of him. Okay, so let's t- take that thought. And if he's manipulating his DNA to make a copy of him, why does he have clothes? Oh, I don't know. I mean, everything's made of cells, right? It's not DNA. No, but I mean, I, I say DNA because that's what people and plants and stuff have. But I and think that's what they were referencing in there. Right, but I think they, they also said it was cells. I mean, cells at any level are getting replicated. And so when he got replicated, I was like, well, I mean, I was okay with a naked... Oscar Isaac standing there, saying, right? You know, because they they re- reproduced him and copied him, and I was like, right. okay, I can wrap my head around that. But then all of his clothes were also replicated. I'm like, well, that now they're taking away from the refracting and whatnot of yeah, ch- changing that piece. So, so that that's where my mind was going. <laughs> uh, and so essentially, and we don't know why Oscar Isaac blows himself up. I think that was supposed to be tied back to along the journey of Natalie Portman going through the shimmer towards the lighthouse, there's all this kind of human discovery that's clashing with all this scientific discovery. So p- people have reasons why they've gone into the shimmer. Every, everybody's on a suicide mission. Yeah. So, so they know they're all not coming back. And so everybody has an issue one way or another. Right. And you don't know Natalie's. You think you do. You think it's because she owes it to her husband because he went in and now he's messed up and she's trying to solve that. But as the movie goes on, you start to reveal that in the beginning you thought they had this perfect ideal relationship. And as the movie goes on, you figure out that she cheated on him and he knew. And that's part of why he was taking this suicide mission. And one of the psychologists talks about him being on a path of self-destruction. But we don't learn this until right around the time she's going to the lighthouse. So it's kind of like this reveal at the same time that she goes for the lighthouse that she's cheated on her husband. And that's maybe what drove him to go do this. And then when she sees the video of him killing himself, I think she kind of feels like, yeah, that's partly on me because. Well, I think she I had that the whole time. That's why she went in. Well, it's because she feels she she knew. Oh, yeah. The, the I owe him was very cryptic to the audience at the time. It was I need to save my husband or something. Right. 
later you find out it's I owe him because I sent him in here. Yes. And he went on a suicide mission because, uh, yeah, I cheated on him. Yeah. Yeah, one one had cancer. One uh, one was not suicidal, but um, Tessa Thompson cut herself. Bipolar, was that one? Um, I don't know. The, the psychologist lady had, yeah, so you said cancer. Uh, one lady had lost her daughter, I think, mm-hmm. and something else. So, yeah, everybody had some kind of really deep psychological reason as to why they were okay going on a suicide mission. So you go in for a suicide mission, you find this alien who copies you, and so then you just take a hand grenade and blow yourself up? Yeah. yeah. We, 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 I, didn't, I didn't get that. I think he was, he didn't know who he was. I think he said his skin was moving. I think he's sitting there because the, the one lady saw her fingerprints were moving. So we didn't talk about this, but Tessa Thompson basically turns into a plant. Right. Because the DNA got crossbred. So I think he's, he mentions my skin is moving. I don't know who I am anymore. So I think it was messing with him on top of whatever baggage he carried coming into this. And he just felt like that was his way to go. And obviously he told his clone or whatever to go track down Lena, which is Natalie Portman. So I think it was just supposed to be the continuation of this self-destructive human path of Oscar Isaac. So it, for what it needed to do in the movie, that made sense for him to have to do that. So he films himself. Yes. The clone films him blowing himself up, and Natalie Portman sees this. Yes. And so then she dives into a hole. She actually hears the other psychologist who went ahead of her down in the hole. That's what makes her go down in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, she. it's I forget, Ventress. I think I missed that. Jennifer Jason Lee is like the head of the team, and she went ahead to go to the lighthouse while Natalie Portman and then were dealing with other stuff. But after Oscar Isaac uh, self-immolates, she hears voices coming from down below, and that's the doctor is down there. Now, I think it's the clone of the doctor because as she's going down there into the hole, the doctor doesn't have eyes at first, and then she does have eyes. I don't know if you caught that too. So okay. I don't. I think that was a clone of the doctor. It's been a month since I've seen it. You just saw it last <laughs> I night. Did, I did. And so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and the the thing I thought just a couple of things I thought was funny is uh, the lighthouse when she went down in the hole made me think of Last Jedi when she, when Ray goes down Ray into goes the down. hole. And then there was such an alien vibe from the hole that she goes in. It looked like exactly Xenomorphs. the spacecraft. Well, the spacecraft that the alien, yes, it yeah. looked exactly like that. And there's a ton of movies that this thing references i think alien and aliens had to be one of them there's a lot of parallels which i'll get into that in a little bit but anyway she goes into that hole because she hears the doctor down there and then the doctor turns into the shimmer like she just explodes into this really vibrant i don't even know blob of energy is what i'll call it and then it that blob of energy sucks blood from Natalie, gets a droplet of Natalie Portman's blood, and then things are going really crazy at this point. It, it's just just a really weird, and, and it, to be honest, it it kind of lost me as soon as you went down to the hole. Yeah. I, I'm like, what is going on? And then, so she gets out of the hole, and this creature is yeah. mimicking her. This black well, it's creature. copied her just like it did to Oscar Isaac. Well, it's, I mean, mimicking her movements. Yes, it's and, mirroring her identically. It's, it, it's mirroring her and then uh, start. it turns into her, right? essentially. The, the only thing I could think of at the time is the creature reminded me of uh, Under the Skin with, with <laughs> yeah. Scarlett Johansson. Yes. Which is a, another weird movie on its yes. own. Yes. Um, but that, that's, what, that's what I was feeling there. I was like, that's that same creature. Right. Basically, then she uses... The fact that it's mirroring her against it and has it hold a grenade and it explodes. And then once it catches on fire, it goes down into the hole and sets everything on fire and the entire shimmer goes away. 
the caveat being that at the end, after she reunites with the clone of Oscar Isaac, they both have shimmers in their eyes because one, he's created from the shimmer and two, she's been infected by the shimmer because her DNA has been. Yeah. So essentially her husband was the alien that got out, not her real husband. Right. And then she is infected, but right. not the alien. Right. Because she blew up the alien. <laughs> right. So I feel like. And both, and both knew that. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think we've spent a lot of time talking about, what happens in the movie. And I think you have to with a movie like this, because you kind of have to get, like, I have to understand where you're coming from and what your understanding of this movie is before I can start to talk about like how I felt about it. And the same with the people, I think whoever's listening to this, like you needed to understand what our interpretation of the events that happened was before we can have a good conversation about what we feel about it. I think other movies you can just dive right in and say, Oh, I felt this. I felt that this is one of those that if you don't understand it and you're not on the, like, even if I don't agree with your interpretation of it, I at least need to know where you're coming from on this before we can talk about what we felt about it. Right. Yeah. Cause it's, it's one of those that you walk out and you're like, what? Yeah. And it's all because of that third act. Right. Exactly. I think people could absolutely love annihilation for the first two thirds and then really dislike it after the final act. On the flip side, I could see people thinking, oh, it's just kind of stereotypical for the first two thirds and be like, whoa, so blown away by that third act. So wherever you land on that spectrum is really going to dictate your feelings on the movie. So some of the things I, I liked about it, I sort of liked that it wasn't a stereotypical alien invasion movie. Usually when you get alien invasions, it's, oh, the military is going to go in and fight this thing. And there's a little cowardly scientist we have to bring along with us and blah, blah, blah. And you know, there was scenes where they had to fire their guns and stuff, but it was at animals that had been genetically mutated by the shimmer. But it was an all-female team, so there wasn't a bunch of, you know, mercenaries running around with but big that's guns. what they sent in first, and they all died. Right, but I like that we <laughs> got to skip past all that. So yeah. we got to the point where we were just seeing the scientists and stuff go in and try and figure it out. So I thought that was cool that it wasn't your typical former Marine. Yeah, she, she was Army. Natalie Portman's character was Army. Yeah, an Army person turned Johns Hopkins biologist. Perfectly normal. Happens all the time. Right. I liked how, even though it may have used some of the same bits and pieces of the formula of an alien invasion movie, it wasn't the same. So there wasn't some big, huge queen monster or whatever at the end. It was more science than that, which I, I appreciated that about it. I don't know. What, do you th what did you think about well, the concept of the Shimmer in general? Again, I like the concept because they, they had me, again, for two-thirds of the movie. And so I, I was engaged, and I wanted to know what was going on. Again, the uh, I was still set on the, the scientific method of that's not what they would have done. you know. And so that, other than there's always going to be little plot holes like that just to move the, the story along. But it's, uh, again, it had me. I, I liked Natalie Portman. I liked uh, Rodriguez. I liked Tessa Thompson. So they had me with the cast. And so, yeah, I was I was in with the plot. Everything was, was good. Mm-hmm. I felt like it had a little bit of the abyss in it. One of the thoughts I had too was it was, have you seen The Happening? I have. With yeah. Marky Mark. Uh-huh. So it was a little bit like that too. That one's different where like the earth decides to start attacking people because of, you know, what we've done to the earth. But I couldn't get away from that feeling either. There was somehow nature. It's the whole nature aspect, right? Then this was because of an alien manipulation and The Happening is just M. Night Shyamalan being weird. But like there was definitely hints of that to me, which made me laugh because then I can't think of marky mark not being totally marky mark in that movie i don't think i've ever thought about the happening after i saw it <laughs> never it, crossed my mind it is the then. it is the ultimate marky mark movie it feels like him doing an impression of andy samberg doing an impression of him 
<laughs> is how bad it is. Like it is the ultimate Mark Wahlberg movie. A lot of other movies it reminded me of. So The Thing, I'm sure you've seen that back in the day. Yeah, the original? Yeah. yeah. It reminded me of that. You have a team of scientists trying to figure out what's going on and it somehow becomes partly about the thing, but also partly about their distrust of each other. And if somebody's going to go nuts and wipe out the whole team versus the thing doing it. So there was elements of that. We already talked about alien and aliens that it reminded me of arrival. It reminded me a lot of arrival as well. Um, Somebody on Joe blow that I read had a great line about it and I wish I had come up with it, but he said, this feels like the sinister cousin of arrival. And I completely 100% 100% agree with that. Yeah, Charlie Sheen? No, no, no. That's The Arrival. Oh. Arrival with Amy Adams. Oh, okay. Where... The, the, yeah, just, that just came out. Yeah, 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 yeah. But those aliens are good in that movie, and we're trying to understand it, whatever. That's why I feel like the sinister cousin of Arrival is a perfect setup, because it's us trying to figure out some alien thing. The alien thing is kind of bad, not intentionally sort of thing. But when I read that, after I saw the movie and saw that person write that, I think it's like Chris... Bumbre over at Joe Blow said that. I was like, that's, I wish I had thought of that. That's, that's exactly perfect for what this movie is. It reminded me of 2001 a little bit. Uh, and then that's where I thought you were. Yeah. Yeah. The, that's why that's when I walked out and I was like, it's, it's a lot like 2001. And that's why I think Garrett's going to love this because it makes no sense. It's long. And it's only, well, it wasn't really that long. I didn't think it felt long at all to me. And it's only like 2001 in the sense that the ending goes a little crazy. 2001 is a little crazy throughout and it goes a little wild at the end. This tried to do the same thing, but I didn't think it was as coherent as 2001, but I could see where it was trying that. And because it reminds me of 2001, it also reminds me of interstellar a little bit. Why I'm saying that is because it's not about the plot or anything. I feel like what this movie was trying to do was take something that's sort of scientific that could really happen and put it into this science fiction setting and make a good movie about it, but still make it digestible to where you can understand what's going on and genetic mutations and stuff like that. But then try to have also this elaborate thing at the end that's a little bit more nebulous that's supposed to tie everything together. To me, that's exactly what Interstellar tried to do. It tried to make black holes, time dilation, fifth dimensions. It tried to bring all those things into a movie where I felt like Interstellar succeeded was the ending was pretty crazy in Interstellar, but it still made it digestible to the point where I think people could understand it. And I think the, I won't say mistake, I think the different direction that Annihilation took was it left it so vague and so open that I'm not sure people could grasp it. And again, it depends on how you like your movies. If you want something more digestible that you can make sense of, I think Interstellar is like the perfect layout for how you take a very brainy, difficult concept and make it digestible. And this didn't do that. See, and I think this, like when you get down to a concept like this and then you end it like you do, so ambiguous mm-hmm. that it's almost like a cop-out as if they they didn't know how to end it and they didn't know why it made sense, but they're going to say, oh, it's up to the audience to interpret it. And, and, I, and I think, I hate, I hate when they do that. It's not that I didn't need it spoon-fed to me, but right. when it's so different and so off the wall right. that... I just feel like it's lazy writing. Yeah, I and I can kind of get that. I think what I like is I don't mind ambiguity and open-ended if it's given you enough pieces to kind of string things together. And when you do try and string it together, it resonates. My problem was that with this ending, I think I get it. I think I get what it's trying to say. And it either didn't say it very clearly or when I put the pieces together, I'm not really overly impressed with the picture I got at the end of it. There's, there's no, there's no wow. Like, well, yeah. okay, I get it. You know, but it's just like, okay, it's just a copy of, of yeah. her. But why is it making like, right. 
I agree with you. I think I think when you assemble the pieces of the puzzle, at least for me, the picture that presented was just sort of okay. And so that's where I left with the feeling like, yeah, okay, fine. I get it. I get what I was trying to do and I can appreciate it. It's a beautiful movie. I mean, I liked everything about it visually. I thought the CGI was great. There was never any point where I sat there and was like, ooh, ooh, that's that's a fake mutated bear. Yeah, yeah no, no, it, it all was all good. really good. Something that did stick out to me kind of in that same vein was the music was a little weird to me. I and Maybe it's because I was expecting Ex Machina. The first two thirds of the movie, there's a lot of like acoustic guitar playing and there's some Crosby, Stills and Nash that they play at the house. It's a different kind of music. But then in the third act, it switches to this very abrasive, guttural, electronic type music, which I think is more like the Ex Machina vein. So that's when the intensity started to ratchet up for me. But when she was like going through the forest and it's supposed to be intense and there's like this acoustic guitar playing, I'm like, ah, oh, that's that's not really building up suspense. It's kind of, you know, I don't know. It was a weird feel. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I thought it was a it was a pretty movie. Uh, yeah. And I thought the acting was was done well, Oscar Isaac and all those that I named before. So when, when getting down to what where I put it, really the ending hurt it for me uh, quite a bit. I have it down as a as a three out of five. So I'm close to that. I was at a three and a half. If I could, I would say three, seven, five. But three and a half is probably fair. It, it wasn't quite there to get me to a four. If, if the ending had resonated more with me, I would have been at a four. I agree with you. The casting was spot on. Everybody acted well. It shot well. Comparing it back to Ex Machina, I love that Ex Machina is cold and dark and stale and sterile. And it's that makes sense because it's about robots. And then you come in and you're expecting this guy that's sci-fi and everything. And this is not that, though. It's sci-fi, but it's green. It's lush. It's nature. It's everything else. So I thought that was a cool kind of dichotomy from what I was expecting from Ex Machina to this. The effects were good. Story was good. I, I liked the human drive of the whole thing. So it wasn't just brainless science alien thing. It, it wove yeah. the stories pretty well, especially Natalie Portman's evolution of who she is and why she is. I thought that was a good piece of it. And it, it synced up really well with the story, I thought. Yeah, and every character had a reason for going in opposed to, oh, we were ordered to or because of science. Right. Yeah. And so at least it gave some depth to each character that we were getting to know. Yeah. The only other little thing I'll throw in is the director, Alex Garland, must have a thing for knives. Because Ex Machina has one of the most brutal stab scenes I've ever seen where she, uh, Alicia Vikander, like slowly puts the knife in Oscar Isaac. And in this one, Oscar Isaac got to be on the other side of the knife. And he's like dissecting one of his teammates' stomachs to show what the shimmer is doing to them. Dude must like knife scenes or something, because that was the one thing where, like, everybody in the theater, you could just hear him going, oh. Because well, it was so slow. Yeah. You know, and, and so, and it exposed a intestines that were alive. Right. Essentially. And so the whole yeah. thing was just kind of cringing to, to watch. <laughs> it was bad. He's a good director. He's one of those guys that I will watch what comes out next. Even though I was only, you know, I wasn't blown away by Annihilation, but to me, there's him. And there's, I'm going to butcher his name, but Denis Villeneuve, who did Arrival, Blade Runner 2049. He's done some other things. He's done Prisoners. He's a very good director. So those two guys in the sci-fi space right now, to me, are like really the ones to watch for. And I just didn't like any of those movies that you just named. <laughs> right. Uh, so then you're it, not going to like it. Yeah. I like this one. And I liked uh, Ex Machina, but the, uh, yeah. uh, the other three. No, thank you. Yeah. I'll pass. Right. I know. Well, three and a half. Three, three, three and a half for me, three for you. That's still pretty good, all things considered. But there will be people that you talk to or that you listen to that are going to be one, one and a half. Oh, yeah. Four yeah. and a half, five. It will be all over the map. 
Right. It, I mean, I, I'm just picturing my sister watched this. She'd absolutely hate it. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 not it's not a movie if you don't like really really deep sci-fi movies. Right. But again, it depends on how, what you think about that first two thirds. That you might like the first two thirds enough that the last third you're like, oh, it ended bad, but it was okay. I think it's something that I would say that everybody should see. Just blanket. I think it's one of those that you should make up your own mind about it. I think there's other movies where you can take people's opinions, be like, oh, it's good or bad. This one is so all over the place that at least it's got other saving graces like good acting, good effects, good story kind of thing that I think people should see it make up their own minds. I don't think this is an everybody should see. I think <laughs> this is a uh, you need to know what you're getting into right? Um, before you spend spend your money on. That's fair. I just I like people to make up their own mind on certain stuff. and I, think... I like telling people what to do. <laughs> <laughs> but you also gave it a three. I gave it a three for me. Yeah, for me. Yeah. So it's a three for you, but not everybody should see it. Exactly. Ah. Uh, Whatever. I I disagree (laughs) with that. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for Annihilation. Be sure to check us out at twoviewsmovies.com. Like us, follow us, subscribe to the podcast, and we will catch you on the next episode.